Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Transmitting live from Planet Margate, this is... Buddies, Buddies, Episode 1, The Dom Bridges of Heckles. Greetings and welcome to Buddies, Buddies. The very first episode. Uh, you're in on the ground floor, people. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. This is the uh, the debut, the inaugural, the premiere. And uh, yeah, I am Buddy Peace. I'm going to be your host. And in keeping with the theme of today's episode, where I'm speaking to Dom Bridges from Heckles, a very sea-based company, I thought I'd come and do some alfresco recording out on Margate Beach. While the tide is out to play. Uh, so I checked all my tide times, I checked the weather, shipping forecast, all that, all that malarkey. And um, yeah, looking good. So I've got, by my reckoning, about 10-15 minutes before uh, I have to scarper and um, get back on dry land. I thought this would be a nice little spot to uh, bring you in on today's episode. So I am sure more than a few of you are... Are well aware of heckles by now and uh, i'm sure you you know what they're what they're about for the most part but i guess for those uninitiated and perhaps you know not necessarily from margate i'm not assuming everyone listening to this is from margate you know you may not have you may not have seen the shop it's a physical shop uh up on cliff terrace in margate overlooking the sea of course uh in fact where i'm recording right now i can see it right by the lido just up there there you are i see you so physical shop where they they sell all the all the products that they they've become world famous for and above that is heckle's house which is a, a, a really lush space for treatments and therapies and and all that they have to offer uh, obviously using the the goodness from from heckle's and uh here he goes seagull I hope this is coming through. There's some crazy seagull action going on. I think it's a young'un. But yeah, this episode wasn't recorded uh, in the shop or in Heckle's house. Uh, we we recorded it at Dom's house in the shed at the end of his garden with the door cracked open because I think at this point it was sort of pre-summertime. And so, yeah, you're going to get a, a nice layer of seagulls and some, some outdoor noise here and there. But 
just to sort of give you some context on it all, um, I I caught Dom uh, hot off uh, returning from a, a trip to Japan, which we get into straight away. And there's a an air of mild jet lag in the atmosphere, <laughs> you could say. But it's cool. I, I think it makes for a really nice, relaxing episode. And, um, you know, Dom's a very mellow chap anyway. And I feel like it's a really nice way into hearing about the story, the philosophy, the how it all started the team all of that business we get into everything it yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty sizable episode but i thought you know it's it's nice to have a a bit more of a long-form chat with with people you know that's what i'm finding with a lot of these podcasts i'm recording this like it can be weirdly effortless to get to you know two hours or so it's it's mad so yeah it it was a very easy chat and uh you'll hopefully get a lot from it it's it's open and honest and frank you know just like the heckles brand itself that's what that's what I, I love about it you know like the first time i went in there that was what struck me is you know it's very bold it's it's kind of bold and subtle like it's not you feel sort of in on the conversation i suppose like you, you don't just feel like a consumer you feel like you're being brought in on a bigger theme a bigger idea and it's very clear from even you know the, the display window out front and then you go in and it's um i just feel like everything's in the right place and it's the right tone and colors and you know the palette decor it's all very nicely put together so like from the yeah, from the first visit i was hooked and um bought, bought a few things since even though in the, the chat i make it sound like i don't buy anything from there it's complete rubbish i do but yeah yeah it's more i was sort of you know, making more the point about the Instagram, which yeah, from the first visit, that's where that kind of hooked me in as well. Like I was a, I was an avid follower of the the Instagram account. I just I love how it all ties together. It's all like a really seamless jump from shop to Instagram and all all points of social media and you know the website. It's all very consistent and you know very tight and really nicely done. So big fan over here, and I'm sure you will be too after after this chat. Oh yeah, a uh, little update actually on that note. So in the chat, a good way in, uh, Don mentions the sea bathing machine, which as you'll hear, I d- I'm, it's so silly. Like, at that point, I was totally obliv- oblivious to it. So uh, you know, he, he says it and I'm like, oh, what, what, what's a sea bathing machine? So yeah, I asked him about it and basically it's like a shed, a sort of trailer you know, like a horse and cart carriage, that kind of thing. Kind of a big shed, really nicely designed shed on wheels. And um, at the time of speaking to Dom, it was sort of, you know, it was just chilling in the uh, Margate boatyard, which I didn't notice until somebody pointed it out. I was like, oh my God, it's there. Like, it's, it's huge. So, yeah, it was always there. It was just sort of under lock and key. And it, I think it's been a bit of a mission trying to get it actually integrated into the margate seaside good news since we recorded uh, at the end of september it was finally tracked it out of its little home in the margate boatyard and finds its current home on the beach directly in front of the clock tower like near the flamingo which i'm sure you'll yeah you'll, you'll know where the flamingo is in the clock tower <laughs> pretty key margate landmarks so yeah whether you're from out of town or or whether you live here like yeah you'll you'll know that yeah you know what i'm talking about so that's really exciting and if you ever look on their on their social media you'll see you know photo after photo of um people just 
just hanging out in the sauna and then running out into the sea it's amazing and I, I really hope it stays there for a while like it's a, it's just it's a great feature now of of the of the beach and it's, at this time of year as well like you know the the times for swimming are getting few and far between and it's it's just freezing at the moment it's weird it's like a tricky dismount from summer into autumn so to have that there i think it's gonna ease that dismount somewhat anyway going on about this sea bathing machine go and have a look at it if you're around um if not then you know make an effort to come and see it i think i think you get a kick out of it it's great okay i am rambling i can tell I'm rambling because I've been standing here and the tide has been steadily pulling in around me, uh, making it a bit harder to get back, actually. I'm going to have to figure this out. So hopefully by the end of this chat, I'll have uh, negotiated my way back onto terra firma. But in the meantime, cliffhanger aside, please enjoy my chat with Don Bridges of the great and grand Heckles of Margate. Let's go. Japan, did you notice people like train drivers and people pointing at stuff? Well, there's a lot of pointing. Uh, yeah, maybe. I'd, I'd, maybe not any more than people normally point. Because I found like we took a lot of cabs and we were on trains, and in, in every situation, they'd say they'd say something in Japanese and point and do this and have very deliberate movements. But okay. we looked it up, and that's to say, if you if I point at this and say, right, recording is on point look at the mic record that's that that level's good when you point it drills into your head okay and that's why they do it interesting i didn't i didn't notice to be fair right i was too busy trying to decipher (laughs) trying to to negotiate japan (laughs) all right okay so i am here with dom bridges of heckles margate beach warden aroma dj (laughs) philosophile Mayor slash president of Haeckel's, and today a pluviophile. What do you think of that? Pluviophile. Love yeah, the rain. I, indeed. Or I humidity, maybe. Uh, I have hu- to find a new one. Humidiophile. That's yeah, easy enough, humidiophile. So we're going to talk about Haeckel's, the road to, the road beyond, all that entails. I'm curious about, at this very point in time, your trip to Japan, because... I follow you religiously with great fervor well, on Instagram <laughs> and your your beautiful Instagram page, which I'm going to go into in uh, obsessive detail in moments. What was happening in Japan, Dom? Uh, well, um, it's a long story. Um... Uh, like what? Um, okay, <laughs> let's let's make it bite-sized chunks. So, what what was the mission in Japan? Okay, well. I was out there because it was the second time that we harvested uh, ill grass in a town called uh, Hinase or Hinase. Right. Um, so it was the first time I'd actually met the fishermen and, and been present. Last year we did it. A good friend of us, uh, ours, Yuhi, who works with us, went out and, and sort of... Um, Yuhi Nakano? Yes. Nakano. Yeah, he... Um, he is our kind of web guru, designed the website, did all the programming for the website and, uh, you know, generally helps us with everything in Japan, which is one of our biggest kind of like wholesale um, areas. 
Um, so yeah, he, he's you know he's become a really good friend and has been a fan for a long time. So nice. he did it the first time, and then we both went out this time. Yeah, and it was a much bigger deal than I thought. We had the local mayor there, um, huh. the local school. Uh, there must have been about eight boats that went out. My goodness. Um, it was really spectacular. So did they sort of, did they try and like actively combine the trip? Like, were they trying to sort of include the community a bit in it? Like- yeah, I mean, it's a good story. I mean, the fishermen, this, this village, um, these fishermen are quite famous. It's been a fishing town for as long as anyone can remember. There's only one local museum and that's totally dedicated to the fishermen. Yeah, so they're kind of like heroes. Um, they stopped a nuclear power station being built in their town wow. over a, like a 12-year battle. Hmm. Um, the kids uh, made a play about them and th- this play is quite well known. So it's quite a big deal, you know, like th- these heroes have now attracted, you know, this, this company uh, from the West to come over and, you know, use, you know, the leftover eelgrass and turn it into something else. So they're really yeah, kind yeah. of highly regarded. And um, I think one of the few fishing towns that isn't run by a local mafia or anything, <laughs> um, they're really, you know, they're the real deal. So is that a big issue? Like, is this sort of, is there like, a, are there a lot of places that are kind of under the iron hand of the as mafia much out there? As I understand, yeah. Right. Because fish, you know, economy is, is, is big money out there. You oh, know? God, yeah, for sure. And um, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. I was out in. Tokyo maybe two years ago doing a talk with the Nippon Foundation yeah. I was there with Google and um, the Montreal uh, Fish Company we were just talking about sustainable businesses and Google were talking about you know um, mapping the uh, the ocean floor and in the crowd was one of the fishermen from Hinase and he was quizzing me about you know how do you make soap out of seaweed and could you come to our town and blah 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 mm. and then um yeah, miraculously, I found myself stood there with all of them doing it. So it was pretty amazing. Is there a big sort of sustainable, like, eco, I guess you call it a scene out there? Like, is it is it something that is... Um, I wouldn't say a scene. I think I in this town... I don't know how town, to call it. Is, is it like a, a movement, a uh, awareness? Maybe. I think we'll start to see more over the next couple of years. But in this yeah. town in particular, it's huge. And and was was the the guy you spoke to like was he aware of the properties of eelgrass? Not necessarily the properties, but what he was really clued up on, and which was unusual, was talking about things like circular economy, right. um, and as a fisherman, understanding that you have to put back in to get out, and just incredibly sort of industrious with that as a main focus. Yeah, um, they also farm oysters leftover shells get ground down uh, and turned into like a fertilizer it was just kind of like zero waste uh, mm. and from a fisherman I, I found that quite incredible um unless yeah. i'm wrong i mean i've never really um experienced that in in any other fishing community i've been exposed to but these guys in this tiny town you know two hours outside of osaka it was like a real primary focus and yeah. um that seemed to be another element that was turning them into like these kind of superheroes for the, the younger generation and the local primary school, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. It's such a, it's, it's just such a nice thing to pass on to like younger folks. So it's like, I guess for us, maybe I feel like we're probably in similar generations, but like 
I think when I was a kid, like the 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 ocean was becoming slightly more part of my consciousness and like you know the the value and the importance of keeping it clean. But like I feel recently, it's 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 become like a a very present issue, and I think that presence is now sort of I guess children have it instilled in them from the moment they're born. So yeah, I guess like the generation after them will you know even more so. So with any luck. We'll see some improvements. Yeah, it's kind of making that a cool, a cool job again as well. Yeah. So, yeah. like, whilst we were there, I mean, there must have been a maybe twenty, thirty strong crew, and you could start to see that the youngsters were were coming back and and and, and starting to view it as a career again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what was making it cool was this this kind of connection to the to nature and and, and the sea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Amazing. Was it in some ways like a fact-finding mission kind of thing, or like did did you bring back a lot from Japan? I was pretty this time clued up on like the properties of of the grass. It was kind of like starting again. That was the biggest kind of takeout. Mm. It was like turning up in Margate, like we did eight eight years ago, seven and a half eight years ago. Yeah, you know the train pulled into the station, and you could see the sea from you know from the train, and I see stepped out. Eyes. And it, yeah. yeah, and it was a bay not dissimilar from you know, the Margate seafront. Um, There wasn't a lot going on, but the businesses that were there were really credible and and doing all right. And it felt like we were starting all over again. And before I knew it, you know, we were in the council offices and, (laughs) you know, the council had offered us a building on a a neighbouring island. And, you know, I I think I text Joe the next day and said, I think we should maybe sell the house, man. (laughs) And, you know, let's all go and at least spend summer in, yeah. in japan yeah, um, yeah so that was the biggest takeout it was really like reminding me of what i really get excited about and what fuels me yeah, you yeah. Know, i don't speak japanese yet i was able to communicate really well you know with the benefits of potato whiskey um <laughs> it goes a, a long way a bunch of fishermen who were just really into what i did and i was really into what they were doing you know and um yeah. That was that was a big deal, man. Really big deal. Yeah, and I think like the 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 past, like the common passion that you must share with the people you're speaking to. I guess that goes a long way too. So it's like you you almost have like a shorthand, albeit in a different language, but yeah. there must be certain reference points. It's like you can can you know it'd be like like my interest is in records and music. So like if I met somebody from Japan, like we could somehow get to a place where we. Absolutely. Early when we were talking about iced tea, so like if I if I met an iced tea fan in Japan, then we'd probably somehow be able to sort of <laughs> communicate our love for uh, 1988 iced tea. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, and it's cool going somewhere like that where if you haven't got the the sort of like perhaps fallback phrases that you might normally use in the UK or like there's sort of certain descriptions, yeah, like certain vocabulary, then you you're sort of you're starting off with all of that shaken away and then you can really see what, what resonates with you. And then, yeah, it yeah. was, um, they really needed to know, you know, who I was and, yeah. and it wasn't about money. Um, it wasn't about Margate. It wasn't even really about kind of seaweed or eel grass in the time spent there, either side of the, the harvest day, they just really wanted to know who I was. And that meant talking about everything, family, Mm. you know um just just life yeah um it was a really 
felt like a really big deal um, for them to let someone like us in. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and you know, it's quite intense periods spent in pubs and restaurants. And, <laughs> and just, you know, we made a film out there as well, so we were kind of oh, interviewing wow. them and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was just quite intense. But it takes you beyond, you know, you, there could be somebody who is more exploitative, minded and it goes out there in a sort of businessman businesswoman yeah, sense and it's like yeah. spending time with the people there and like you know just talking about life and things like that that yeah. i feel like that's a really important step in making yeah. a real relationship with those people and, and you know that that the amount that they're allowing us to take at the moment is 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 minimal and it's you know it's highly unlikely that it will um increase and that's you know it's, it's business lunacy really mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be able to make no more than maybe 12 1500 products yeah. um so that crop has a very kind of specific time frame and and yields a very specific amount of money so it's it that in itself is quite interesting how long how long like what's the sort of there's probably a more specific term like what would be the shelf life of of that particular oh at the moment um using natural preservatives we're we're 12 months okay yeah, I guess that's actually longer than I was expecting to hear. So that's yeah, not that's about as good as it will get on natural preservatives right, right. at the moment. And how do you get it back from Japan? Uh, well, at the moment, yeah, we have to bring it back. Um, we have an issue that uh, Japanese government at the moment insists that a natural product be wrapped in plastic. Ah, uh, that, that, that's so, at odds with the, yeah. the approach of you guys, isn't it? So at the moment, it's kind of crazy to kind of bring... Um, the eelgrass back, uh, make the soap here, and then send it back to Japan. We're only doing that because of the plastic issue. Uh, mm. Anything imported and natural doesn't have those kind of constraints, which is kind of weird. Mm, yeah. uh, but Japan's incredibly ruthless on, on all manner of um, uh, quality control and uh, and ingredients checking it, for the right causes. And you know, I've really enjoyed kind of battling with their. Um, their laws on on um, certain ingredients and formulations and things like that. Yeah. But this one we felt quite strongly about, and we didn't really feel we could let the fishermen down on that. So at yeah, the moment yeah. we're bringing it back and sending it back out. Right. Once we can rally that and, and and get it broken down, then it will. The goal was that it was made in the town. Yeah. Um, that was the whole point. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I think if we can show the fishermen that it's it has a monetary kind of uh, worth to them and and the money can be used for their resources then they'll up the amount that we can take and i think they'll see more benefits from it yeah rather than just at the moment you know it's a it it's a lot about raising the profile of the town and raising the profile of all the hard work they've been doing Mm. um rather than actually kind of putting money you know in 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 their till to enable them to kind of buy more boats or you know educate more kids or uh, build a yeah. community centre or things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the moment, yeah, it's coming back, which annoys the hell out of me. But um, but it's it's a good story. Yeah, you know, no, I love it, and um, it's it's really from my perspective, it's like it really ties into the image I have of Hegel's and your sort of philosophy and the the story behind it. Like, do you have another product that will be made there? That there's a, a facial mist that we're using the eelgrass for that will be made in osaka uh-huh. so that's like two hours by train yeah uh and then that'll come back to the village so that would be made locally so it'll probably be about a thousand bars of soap 
500 facial mists, I think. That's amazing. And are there any other like global locations where you see this sort of potential? Yeah, loads. Yeah, you've got to have a little <laughs> black book of places. Um, Jamaica, which is really interesting. Wow, they have like it? a kind of history of using seaweed, you know, probably um, on, on a level with Asia. Um, yeah. Just not that much writing about it. Um, I guess maybe because of, um, you know, the genetic makeup of the of the country, there's not many documents about um, how it was used. But um, we've spoken to people and they've used it in hair care for like centuries. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe uh, it's so ingrained that it's just sort of not a yeah, thing anymore. Different, just yeah. a different culture. Yeah. I hear about um, weed in Jamaica, but not so easy. Yeah, not, not, yeah. The, not the kind of ocean type, right? Oh, no. Um, but yeah, there's there, there's a bunch of other places, but, um, Japan, which, you know, on paper should have been the hardest one. Uh, but because we had Yuhi and, um, the, the, the products were really popular out there, it was, it was easier. Yeah. So it's allowing us to kind of discover what the, the footprint will be for all the other territories. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Engage it from there, I suppose. Yeah. So, so like the, with the, like I said about the council giving us this incredible building right on the beach for free. Uh, as long as we kind of, you know, paint it and, and tidy it up, that will become much more of a kind of community space as well as the kind of making space for the products. Yeah. Um, so we'll be able to invite people down to do talks and have cinema evenings and invite people in to make the soap and things like that. And oh, I love it. That's it's definitely something that we'll, we'll do in other countries. Yeah. It's really giving, yeah, it's giving a lot more back than sort of the, from the monetary side. It's like it's a really nice thing to do it's sort of like it's not just pumping loads of money in saying right here i'll build a community center it's like you're actually sort of using your experience there to kind of let them take the reins like when you leave yeah. it's like right here's here's a building exactly. there's potential yeah. in it you do what you like, yeah, like exactly yeah yeah that's the thing but yeah. you know under our it's you know it's not a traditional business route at all that's that's um, that's why I love it. It's like it's, it's, like it's, uh, it's lunacy, really, and it's it, you know <laughs> it takes a lot longer and all of that type of stuff. But um, I guess yeah, on paper it's like uh, you guys are nuts. But yeah, <laughs> it's, there's a beauty in the the nutsness of it. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it's great, man. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Um, so like, I mean, we're gonna get to all things Hakels, but in getting to that, I want to set the table of Don Bridges himself yourself can you give me some sort of give me some key milestones in of your of your life like where you know the background what's your what's your story dom go back as far as you feel comfortable <laughs> please i just not um just really quiet kid really yeah my uncle george left me a a super 8 camera and a super 8 projector and some super 8 pornos okay. and these were my my favorite items you know that i had no film to put in the camera but i understood that if you pressed the button you were recording and then if you let it go um it stopped and so i would run around with this camera and and film all these things but the the film was in my head yeah there wasn't you couldn't watch it so you were sort of editing on the go in your yeah in your younger head so i kind of already knew what filmmaking was without anyone really sort of teaching me and that was me really I kind of lived in the cinema with my gran. Yeah. Um, What's your first first film you remember? It would be something like Indiana Jones or something like yeah. that, and Star Wars and all those yeah. ones. Did you see Star Wars in the cinema? Uh, I did, dude. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 
I was there. Smoking on one side, non-smoking on the other. Yeah, because the smoke doesn't travel. It's like there's an invisible cutoff. It's straight down the middle, yeah. It's like in planes when you used to smoke. Like, smoking section, the smoke knows to not go beyond the smoking section. And Darth Vader is far more intimidating with the smell of Lambert and Butler in the background. (laughs) (laughs) What an experience. um, It can be recreated in the home cinema, of course. (laughs) Very easily, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, you know, I was just always um, the quiet kid, really. So it was... You know, I ended up at art college because there wasn't anywhere else for me to go. And uh, I didn't want to really do what my dad did. And my mum was a hairdresser and I wasn't really into that either. What, what, um, if I may, what, what did your dad do? Uh, he kind of, he's probably had more jobs than all of us under the sun, to be honest. Okay. And the more I think about him, the more I realise that that part of me is is him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was a bookbinder. He played in bands. He supported the Who and things like that. And what was was he in the was he in a band? Yeah, so what was his band in Exeter? They were called uh, Blue Sounds. Um, yeah. But because there weren't that many successful bands coming out of Exeter, all the big bands would come and play Exeter Uni, and, and Blue Sounds would be the supporting band. Oh, they were um, like the default local support. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they played with a lot of big people, and that's why you know we all play instruments is because of him and stuff. Yeah, so you're, but, a, you're a drummer and a, I see you've got a guitar, you're a drummer yeah, and a guitarist. Yeah, but I would naturally gravitate towards the drums. Yeah. And, and Dad was born incredibly shy. There's a, an NME article written about this, you know, phenomenal guitar and harmonica player who used to hide behind the amplifiers, you know. No one would ever see him, and that was, that was Dad. <laughs> and that was me. I'd rather be behind the drum kit yeah, making yeah. the most noise. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could always... What I liked about the drum was if the eye stopped, everyone knew. Yeah. Know? And if the guitarist and the singer stopped, no one really gave a shit. You know? Yeah. That's weird. It's like, I find I find that too with, with music stuff. Because like, I I mean, I've, I used to DJ a lot in some sort of, I, I did it right. Like one time I played at Sonar in Barcelona and it was like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I'm, I'm relatively shy by nature. And it's weird when, if I'm in front of a lot of people DJing, then... I find myself being actually pretty comfortable, but mm. I'm still, I've got this barrier in front of me, yeah. which is the turntables. And I can look, you know, keep my head down. Like I'm concentrating. So it's like, if anyone looks up, I'm not being shy. I'm concentrating. Yeah. I like that. But the same as you, it's like, if I stop, then everyone's like, what? Yeah. Oh, he stopped. What's going on? So it's like, it's quite it's that it's one like, time that everyone knows that you're there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, it's a real, it's a really powerful position for a shy person to be yeah. in this. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I, I can relate. Okay, so you didn't so you didn't follow the music bookbinding hairdressing. No. Path. I had this teacher who um really took me under a wing and and sort of pushed me into into art school and there I kind of liked the competitiveness of it, you know? Mm. I was like, oh this is you know, if I do this and do it different to everyone else then I'm going to walk out of here with like good grades, man. This is like mm. this is easy. You know, and, yeah. and and I really enjoyed it. And I went to Plymouth Art School and then on to Taunton. And, you know, I really loved it. I didn't really do what I was supposed to be doing, which at the time was packaging design. Okay, right, yeah. That, um, that's the... Uh, I'm, I'm looking for sort of glimmers of what, yeah, would, what would the road ahead it. would be, yeah. So that, that's... But I never did it. You know, I would always yeah. be taking photos or messing around with the video cameras and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so from there, Taunton went straight to London, never went home, and got myself a job in a packaging uh, design agency. Uh, and at the time, I was really into the Beach Boys. So I had a massive beard and um, 
they told me that they wouldn't take me on unless I shaved my beard off. And I was like, well... Get, get a haircut, you hippie. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, it's what I do, not what I look like. So I mm. I, I quit. And, um, that's so that's so rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then really I went, rubbish. I was living uh, with this, you know, this bunch of strangers that had given me a room and a house in like Stone Newington. And one of them had just turned down a job at a TV company. Mm. And he said, if you went there, I bet you'll get it. And I, so I went there and I, I lied my ass off. They were like, you know, because they needed an editor. And I was like, yeah, I've been editing. You know, and that's what I did at college and everything. It's total lies. Well, I've been editing in my mind since I was a kid. Yeah, so I, think I, I knew what it was, but I didn't know yeah. how to do it. Like, you know, yeah, like on, yeah, yeah. A, on, a, on a thing. So, But so, I think it, it's um, uh, what I imagine would happen is you've, you know what an edit looks like. You know what an edit is. Because, you know, like, you stuck, you know, I keep going back to it. It's like you're editing in your head. Yeah. So you needed somebody to show you, like, here's how to translate what's in your head onto equipment. You dial that thing, you you yeah. move that dial here, the tape goes this way, you're off. Yeah. And then you probably, I'm sure, you know, you'd be able to pick it up. I felt pretty confident. But, yeah. Um, but it was also like, well, this is going to get you out of the packaging world and no one's questioned the beard yet. So, like... <laughs> I was going to ask about You know, that. get in there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I took the job and, you know, they would go home and I'd sleep in the office and read the manual. And if mm. I didn't know what to do when they asked me, I would have done by the time the sun came up. Next yeah. day, you know, and I just kind of got away with it like that. So I'm sure there's a lot of that with um, now people are like, yeah, yeah, no, I know how to do that. And then they're like, YouTube, <laughs> tutorial, Final Cut Pro. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that was all like Apple Macs just becoming editing suites. Yeah, which is really yeah. unusual. Uh, they sacked me because I was, uh, they found me smoking weed in the basement. Oh, come on. Um, if, it's so, not, if it's not the beard, it's the weed. Yeah, yeah, so the whole look was complete. The beach boy thing, I was just kind of, you know, living <laughs> it out for real. And yeah. um, I think if you're going to follow the beach boys, I guess the one thing to take from them is just the music. Just don't go with the lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, or the look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 leave that at the door. Um, and then I, I went and started a company with a friend of mine that I'd, I'd, I'd met who'd um who'd employed me for a little bit of time when I left college as a designer because um he had the money to buy this this editing suite which was the first ever mac based edit suite and it's about mm. 20 grand but he had the dough to do it so we bought that and we became a directing duo and from then we went into you know directing adverts and things oh, amazing. and then we separated and I carried on doing it on my own and I was doing like music videos and quite big ads and flying around all over the place and slowly it started to sort of take its toll on me yeah um what were the what were the effects you were, you were feeling just sort of the effects of travel and just like stress of i think it was more the like they paid me an awful lot of money but they never let me do what they were paying me for mm. i just couldn't get my head around it <laughs> you know some jobs you know would be twelve thousand a day for the duration of the shoot which could be like as much as five days but that to me is like ludicrous sums of money um they would have my attention a hundred percent and joe will tell you how many joe my wife will tell you how many times i've dropped everything to respect that that wage and and that responsibility Mm -hmm. but they would never let me it would always be a real battle to give them what i thought was the best that they could have. Yeah, yeah. And, and that really started to wind me down because I was like, I can't really, ex-, you know, there's some jobs I was like, I don't, don't pay me because mm. you haven't got the best 
out of me and I can't take your money and I would take it that seriously. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's kind of um, admirable in a way because it's like you you know what potential you have and somebody's giving you money and saying, no, yeah. don't dig into that potential just yet. I mean, no, there really were times just, yeah. like I would, if they couldn't, they didn't want to use a certain film stock or they didn't want a certain lens, I would pay for it, you know. But this would be an ad for like, I don't know, fucking LucasAid or something, you know. <laughs> And I'm yeah, paying. Use a 16 mil or one of widescreen status shot. You know, I just remember thinking, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> no one cares about this as much as you do, and you're just selling <laughs> yeah. other people's shit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then we, you know, China opened up as a, as a market, you know, to sell more shit, you know, to people that people don't need, and the whole kind of advertising community started descending on them. Um, mainly because the governments controlled the internet and the only right, way to right, really right. sell things was on, on telly. Um, and the advertising community thrives on that because, you know, it's big budgets and, and all of this type of thing. So um, so I was out there shooting, I think, the first ever Lynx shower gel commercial. Hey, now. I used to, I used to use Lynx as a, yeah. as a young teenager. As, as I did too. And mm-hmm. apparently the Chinese really needed Lynx shower gel, so um, ah. it went there. And uh, I remember they came in and, you know, siphoned out the product and put in a chemical that would foam more for the cameras. <laughs> and uh, and I just, I couldn't cope. I left the set, uh, went back to my hotel, went for a walk, walked past a McDonald's. It was just, you know, full of Chinese people eating hamburgers. Mm. And I called my wife and I was like, Joe, I just, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that was it. Point. And she came out and we, we went, we traveled to like Beijing and had a look around and turn it into a holiday. But yeah, never went back. Yeah. And uh, I, we were trying to buy a house there um, in London. And then um, I, I overheard that the estate agents kind of had me bidding against myself for this property. It was like 500,000 pound poxy house in, 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 in London. And um, for some reason, we came to Margate for the weekend. We did, we'd actually stayed in Margate on our honeymoon um, yeah. a couple of years before. What what um what sort of time period are we talking? God, this is well, we moved here like yeah, nearly eight years ago. Okay, yeah, right, right, right. but we'd honeymooned here maybe three or four years before that, and stopped off here on the way back to London, and it really stuck in our minds because we were both running around taking like long exposure photos and there was no one around and mm. really, you know, like laughably to us felt like uh, Havana, you know, <laughs> this kind of like f- falling grandeur of this town, you know, mm. it was, it, we had an amazing evening. I mean, there was, as we remember it, not a lot opening when we stayed at the Nail and Rock um, oh, right. and there was no one in there. Wow. Um, I, have, I haven't been here long enough to see that open. But, um, right. I'm, I'm a I think you can go in there and the la- lovely lady in there would, show you around and tell you uh, all the stories and stuff as well worth doing it i've heard of ghost hunts in there yeah and we were uh, talking like nearly an 80 room hotel i mean it's 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 got to be some energy in there yeah my goodness so yeah so then we came down here yeah. uh, off the back of both not liking our jobs and i'd already quit mine and then realizing that even the estate agents are trying to rip us off mm, all bad and we'd all put all this time into the city and just got fuck all back yeah. And so we came down here. We spent the weekend here. Literally within two weeks, uh, we put our name down for a beach hut and bought a house. 
Beautiful. With the view that we never went back. We cut all ties. We spent a year here just rolling around the house that's outside the shed. Yeah. Um, spent a lot of money getting stoned. <laughs> and just enjoying being somewhere else. And in that period cultivated what we might do with our lives you know yeah and joe's from gloucester and i'm from the west country and abandoning london is a really really big deal because that was where we had to go to get jobs you know yeah of course do you think it was a bigger deal abandoning it as out of towners like than if you were a london native sort of thing because to us it does because it took me an awful long time to get there in the first place oh yeah i suppose yeah if you're if you're just born there it's sort of like oh like i'm always welcome here but then if you have to sort of battle a bit to get there then it's gonna be i was looking at working on building sites with my dad or or going into hairdressing and i wasn't gifted at either of those (laughs) um and once you've gone through the art college system at that time london was the only place you were gonna get a job you know yeah yeah so it's a really big deal sort of deciding that that's not for you anymore when you've it's been a primary focus for nearly like 15 20 years you know? yeah for sure but like so when you came to margate did you immediately feel like was it an energy situation like did you feel the energy the atmosphere like what what gave you those sort of like feelings of we could settle down here and plant some seeds kind of thing it was just being reminded of what's important you know i remember going in the joke shop and the one on the high street. Yeah, and seeing Jamie and going in the fish and chip shop and, you know, and seeing businesses against adversity, what I considered to be extreme adversity at the time, feeding themselves and just about feeding their families. Mm. And I was like, well, that's really impressive, man. Like, how do you get up and do that? It's quite an honest grind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah against yeah. this backdrop of like a town that people seem to have, you know, forgotten about or left behind. You're like you're still doing it, man, and you're walking to work and and you're smiling and you're you're carrying this flag for like this town. <laughs> now people like Zoe Murphy were here as well. Okay. Um I was like, fuck, you know, that's I wanna be you. Yeah. I wanna do what you do. I wanna walk to work. I don't wanna get on an airplane. Yeah. I wanna do something that when people walk through the door they just feel how I feel when I walk in your shop. Like yeah. fucking well done, man, this is cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean yeah, going going on to to Haeckel's itself I mean that's so for me and me and my partner like when we we were first sort of like introduced to Margate by a friend in Whitstable and then she was kind of bored of Whitstable so she always wanted to get us out of hanging around there so she would always bring us to Margate and show us around and Heckles was one of the first places we that she showed us and that was uh, I'm not the phrase is I'm not buttering your bread so like I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing that but like we went in there and it was like I, I had no idea this kind of place a was even around or B certainly it, I didn't know this kind of place existed in Margate, but it was one of those things that we sort of stitched in our mental tapestry of what Margate is. And that feeling of walking in there and it's like, all I imagine is like, I got that feeling that you probably got when you walk into those places. And it's like, if I was to open somewhere, like this is what I'd want it to be. Like, it's really, you know, like it's really open and honest. And I feel like there's, it's really transparent the message and it's i feel like you you almost have this like innate sense of branding too where it's like it's you haven't just looked up in a book a dictionary like what's branding branding like you've you just sort of have it and you as as a team it just naturally comes together so 
somewhere along the line, I feel like all that experience that you had yeah, really bled into it all. I think, like, yeah, definitely, like, suddenly designing packaging when that's what I'd studied for, like, you know, three years was weird. <laughs> um, I mean, but, like, the most important thing was is that the understanding that it was going to be quite hard and therefore what you were doing had to be the best representation of, of, of you know, of the idea that it possibly could be, or it just wasn't worth doing it. Like, mm. I was quite obsessive. I think that's a big part. You know, when, when you're directing and everything, you have to become an authority or something in a short space of time to be able to, to sort of conduct, you know, a team of people. So yeah. I am quite obsessive. But it was also the added pressure of, you know, it says made of Margate on it. That's a big old responsibility, man. Mm. You know, you're taking the coastline and, and kind of, you know, packaging that up to present, you know, to the world, really, which we yeah. do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that wasn't something, you know, that I took lightly. And that kind of mindset runs through all of it, you know, from the fact that the cabinet in the shop is from the Natural History Museum, from the marine room oh, wow. of the Natural History Museum, because that's the only thing that could possibly hold products that come from Margate. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's that kind of obsession. And also because to get people to connect with the coast again, it's got to be top notch yeah. in, in terms of presentation and communication in order to, you know, change people's minds, you know? Yeah, completely. So it was not just having the skill, it was more the responsibility that kind of pushed it into, the, you know, this kind of mildly obsessive, like, <laughs> realm, you know? <laughs> it's such a common thing, though, like that obsessive nature, and I think some people feel a bit, it's like I sense, I sense this kind of embarrassment of being that obsessive, but I, I really admire it. Like, cause I, I feel the same. Like I really relate to that obsessiveness and some people call it OCD and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, there's that, but then it's also just actually mm. caring. And you, sh you know, you sh I think you should be proud of the, this obsession yeah. and extol that and, you know, make a point of it. Cause it, you feel it and it translates into everything. And like, you can, you can really feel it with, mm with your, your the products that you make there and but that's kind of why it's called heckles as well um, i was going to ask you about this he um please explain so when i was at college i was quite obsessed with his work basically because i'm not very good at drawing you know i'm terrible at drawing yeah i no. was at art college you know and um found his book and um so heckles is it, it, who, who is, is an, an ernst Haeckel is is a real dude mm -hmm. um Famous for botanical drawings, uh, famous for documenting uh, types of seaweed, um, ah. but doing it all in a way, it, like the most intricate, uh, obsessive style of kind of documenting things. It's almost know. like those sort of Victorian, like yeah. anatomical kind of drawings, but on a on a level that you know, and and, and representing some sea creatures that people would never see. You mm -hmm. know, it was uh, we're talking you know, microorganisms and things like that. Oh, wow. What era, what era was he? Um, i give you the exact um, date. Rough. But, uh, yeah, we're talking like 40s, you know, 30s, uh, towards the end of his life, you know. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and his house is still open, I think, just outside of Berlin. Uh, and the family actually came to the shop. Oh, God. Uh, wow. Within like a year of opening. 
red uh, carpet treatment for them. Yeah, it's quite weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was the idea that if I could just stick an S on the end and and if I ever deviated from that path of kind of obsessive concentration, then, mm. the, then the name would always remind me of why it's called it in the first place. It's the anchor, right? Yeah. 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 Beautiful. I, I made a point of not looking up what the name meant because I really wanted to get it from you and I wanted to sort of, it's, it seems ignorant, but there was a reason for that ignorance. So I left that open for you to fill in. Yeah, so it was a private perfect. thing. And it's always like people kind of expect there to be more about it. Um, obviously, there was a connection with the seaweed and everything, but it was more this typical kind of German uh, meticulous nature to like, <laughs> you know, design and, and, and documentation and stuff. So, yeah, it's always weird. Like people say, how do you say it? And it's kind of like it doesn't really it's it, it's just for me the name. So like, yeah, you don't have like a, in brackets, prawn, like pronounced. No. Yeah, yeah. What was more important to me was made of Margate. Yeah. And that's the perfect tagline for it as well. Yeah. It's like, it's such a pure sort of, it just says it all in three words. Like, mm. Yeah. So good. All right. So we've got, what does the name mean? The next part, which I think, you know, I, I'm imagining people have intuited already by now, by what we've been talking about. And I'm sure a lot of, uh, Margate folk and non-Margate folk will know what Haeckel stands for, but um, I'm thinking of like the coffee shop pitch. So like somebody pulls up beside you in in uh, a coffee shop in Margate and says, like, "All right, Dom, so what are you up to?" And you say, "Oh, yeah, I've just started Haeckel's," and then you have to pitch it to them. So just in general, what would you say Haeckel's like? What's your what's your pitch? Like, what's your philosophy? What's oh, your God. is it something you can sum up, or is it just like a? I don't think it's like. The whole thing is just an investigation, you know, an experiment. You know, the easy way to say it is, you know, natural, vegan, skincare, hair care, home fragrance, personal fragrance, which just sounds boring as hell. <laughs> because it's so much more than that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the whole thing is just so explorative. Yeah. And I think that's what we've changed the tagline to is just like, you know, just exploring our relationship to the ocean because um, that's how best I can explain it right now. It's a company that is dictated to, uh, is run by being t- dictated to by its own set of values, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, in fact, there's more than that as well, isn't it? Because we have all of our kind of treatments and stuff as well. Yeah, the therapies. And I mean, I just, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I kind of worry sometimes that, that there's always like a kind of want to compress it down to something and I think my best version of that at the moment is just, yeah, we're just exploring our relationship to the ocean. Yeah, um, and all that entails. Yeah, you know, and um, and I think what people like about it is that it, it, it is pretty honest and I think people know that I'm making it up as I go along. In fact, I remember someone <laughs> saying that to me in the shop. He said, ah, you know what I like about this place? What's that? It's pretty obvious that you're making it up as you go along. <laughs> And that was one. Of, that was like the best line from Indiana Jones, man. Ah, there you go. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. You're, you're, <laughs> you are a modern day Indiana Jones, Tom Bridges. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, this is uh, Buddy. Just checking in real quick. By the looks of things, we're around the midway point of this podcast. So, in case there's any advertisements or any sponsor messages that need to go here, I just want to kind of bringing a little intermission zone for you and uh, we'll ease into that and then we shall return to the podcast thank you 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But like, you know, you go through like, it's, I haven't deleted anything from Instagram. I want to. I want to um, talk about that because yeah. it, it's. Um, if you could, if you could be bothered to go all it, like it's all there, like, which I did. Yeah, it's all. Don't there. don't think I didn't <laughs> scroll through a thousand posts <laughs> getting to the first one because, um, yeah, I did go back to the very first ever post and it was it was amazing because I w- I wanted to see like from the most recent post you you put up to the first and That's it's a like, good idea. I'll well, do that when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so, the the first one, it you started off. This is it's almost exactly how I started. Like when when I first moved here, I started. You know, I posted up the, the sunsets, some of the beach, some of like chalk writing on the wall, not, uh-huh. not many comments, and seeing it evolve from from those like mysterious, like shrouded in mystery photos, like all the way up to the the real open again the transparency the sort of sharing the story what you do now is fascinating it was like the 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 clouds kind of amazing dispersing and the story was like like cracking out of the shell sort of thing i really got that sense from it and um because i'm sort of you know in in preparing for this chat like i've become completely obsessed with your instagram feed because every post is like a blog post for me and what i love about it is um for, for for Margate residents specifically, it's like even if you don't necessarily shop at Haeckel's or like buy the products, you can learn so much about your environment and your immediate environment. So, you know, if you live near North Down Road, you're like a stone's throw from the sea. And if you follow your feed, then you'll find out about sea bubbles and like cloud and, and the moon and all this kind of thing. And it sews you into the environment. But then it will also, hopefully, if you don't shop at Haeckel's, then you'll start thinking like, ah, oh, like you're actually using that sort of the environment that I've just found out about. And I'd like to absorb that into my own body kind of thing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it, you just explained it. That's brilliant. All right. Right. You just, I think just, you should pack this in and just come yeah. and work with us, man, because. <laughs> <laughs> sit back, Dom. I'll, I'll take it for a minute. No, seriously. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I think like before there was the shop, um, Heckles, I think I made the bar of soap. But I had a blog and um, I'd never, you know, I mean, I'd never even used social media before we came here. Really? It was, yeah. And it, and my Instagram, I think, had only just arrived when we moved here. Yeah. So hashtag Margate was, you know, 
the, the interesting thing is trying to find the first hashtag, you know, Margate. Yeah, right. right. Um, because everyone was on, um, I forget what it was before, Instamatic. Yeah, or like Flickr, I think. Yeah. Or, um, and then that yeah. became kind of Instagram. And then the, the, the right. town kind of, you know, started to accelerate. You know? yeah, yeah. It can't just be down to, you know, Dreamland and, and Turner. Instagram plays a big part in it, man. Because mm. um, sure. it is so beautiful. But yeah, I'd never used it before. It's kind of interesting. So we had this blog and I would blog about, oh, someone's building a, you know, a, a renegade skate park in Brooklyn. Yeah. And then like the next minute, the boys are getting together and, you know, they're kind of making a renegade skate park. And it's like, oh, someone's <laughs> building, you know, renegade gardens in California with things called seed bombs. And next minute, it's a bunch of people throwing seed bombs off the cliff and trying to, and I was like, wow, I think it was quite presumptuous to think that people were actually reading this, but it appears like they are, you know, or, yeah. or we're all into the same vibe. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. And from that, I just learned that I really like sharing things, you know. It's a big old part of it. It's, it's so good when you, when you feel like you can just let go of that secrecy element. I feel from experience you get so much more just sharing it. You know, this isn't about me, but just in terms of relating to what you're saying. I come from a time where you'd either blank out the names on records if you were like, you know, for DJing. Like you'd sort of, yeah. you wouldn't want people like coming up to you and seeing what yeah. records you're playing. Advertising or, communities like that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. It's sort of like you put in the hard work and then it ends with you. I've looked for this record. I've put in the time. I'll play it out, but I don't want you knowing the, knowing the name. Why? Like I put in the graft. Yeah, but that's quite English, I think, as well. Though. You think? Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like you, like what was good about Heckles was reaching out to this um, science community. Totally different headspace because they're conscious of their own mortality. You know, they're trying to fix some big old problems and they're not going to be on the planet long enough to be able to fix them. So So, they're just sharing. That's all sorts of, yeah. yeah, And and I I was talking to people in New Zealand, like wherever, and they would pick up the phone and just tell me everything just because, what, are you going to help? Like, you know, can you look into, you know, doing some more research on sargassum mitchum and blah, 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 or different (laughs) types of seaweed? And they were really, really different, you know? And I think like heckles became like a way of sharing more in the hope that we would get more progressive businesses, you know? Yeah. Not just your Frappuccinos and all that kind of stuff, but like, you know, where's the, the seaweed fuel from my car, you know, like where's, where's the wave generator so I can go off grid and, you know, where's all this stuff. And that's why, you know, like, um, I think I mentioned Zoe, Murphy earlier but her, yeah. her work was always like super bright images of like Margate in, in its heyday when Dreamland was like booming and mm. she was like this beacon of like don't forget what this town's like everyone you know it's like it's awesome like it's hedonism it's it's beautiful it's bright it's colorful and yeah. you know she in her own way kind of was this constant flashing for that that heritage yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I learned from that that we wanted to be the people that were just constantly saying, you know, this is, you know, this is a Cretaceous chalk reef that yields four different types of seaweed that grow anywhere else in the world. They're just like shouting about like, you know, mm. nature, coastal heritage, all this kind of stuff. Mm. You know? So yeah, you're probably right. I'm going to do that though. I haven't looked back that, that far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suggest you do. It's, <clears throat> it really is fascinating. 
I, I was determined to do it because, as I say, I've been like just going through them religiously, and then I just I just wanted to see if it was like you kind of put in that amount of effort from day one in like that many posts, and it was yeah, it's just interesting seeing the evolution of it. Yeah, and I mean, it's I've, I've done. Work. I've done that on my own Instagram feed and it's, I want to delete stuff, but then, you know, it's like a life's work. It's like, what am I doing? Like, just leave it. Who cares? Yeah. Like not as many people as I think are doing that. Like, yeah. They're not looking at my first post. So this is, it's all in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. I think I've deleted some, not any creative posts or product posts. Mm. The other side of it is, is that I'm seriously thinking about shutting it down. How so? Um, you mustn't. <laughs> um, it's become you know, an advertising environment. Um, if we don't put money in Instagram's pocket, then they won't show our post to so many people. And yeah, okay, we yeah, put yeah, an yeah. awful, awful lot of time into it. You yeah, know, that's yeah. that's all 100% homemade content. We're not pinching pictures from anywhere or, no, no, no. you know, it's it's we make that. And it's that's a real drain. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's really good caliber material and, and we would find ways of kind of trying to crack through that and becoming obsessive about it. And then I was like, well, maybe this isn't our space anymore. And mm. so we're starting to look at lots of different ways as to how we can have our community um, that's in a space which isn't about advertising. Do you think um, it could, um, could you tie it into your sort of, you know, documentary mindset and your music video kind of? leanings could you tie into that perhaps yeah i think it's more about like the space like we have blue mind which is like the side of the business which is all about kind of uh, conservation and all of our kind of customer care programs and customer loyalty programs but also our journal as well yeah yeah so we're going to take blue mind out of the website and turn that into a kind of our own sort of facebook in a way yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. you'll be able to go in there and see all of the the material that we still put out but people will also be able to discuss products together and, and just mm. do it in our own world where, you know, their information isn't being passed around. Yeah. And also we don't have to pay to do that because, yeah. you know, once you put that amount of love and effort into something, it starts to annoy you that you're using yeah. the platform in a better way than the, the most other businesses. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah. you're not paying you know, for the exposure, they, they, they limit you. So yeah, you've been strangled all the time. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go through competitors, you know, um, social accounts and, you know, they're not even crediting photographers as images they've stolen. And yeah. we've yeah. just spent two weeks photographing our neighborhood meticulously. And mm. do you know what I mean? And you think, mm. fuck that. Mm. So it's, you know, it's, uh, I think it would be for the better. There's a couple of things we're looking at. One's called disciple. Um, so blue mind will become an app that you download and then, it's, you know, all of Heckles' universe in, inside that. And mm. I'm kind of really excited by it, to be honest, because I think the whole social media thing is really coming to, coming to an end, really. It's tricky, um, isn't it? It's like you, 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 the more you use it and the more you're around people who use it, you see it's like, ah, this isn't actually about what I'm doing. No. This is about, like, funding yeah. something. When, when we first got here, like, we'd, we'd never even used Facebook when we first got here. But then, to be fair, maybe first... Facebook had only just arrived. It's like, know. yeah, sort of mid, mid aughts. Yeah. For me anyway, I don't know, probably before that. I was, it's funny, I think of myself as a late adopter, but I was, I wasn't really that late on it. But at the time it was like, everyone was on Facebook and I was like, yeah, let's see. But I'd never used it, you know? 
And like, you know, we got the shop and, you know, Stuart and Penny had forts down the road and we, we, you know, would know for a fact that maybe no one had gone into forts that day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Stu's in there like cooking, you know, waiting for someone to yeah, come Yeah, like ready in. to serve, yeah, yeah. And he takes a picture of a breakfast that he's made and, yeah. and, and you like that picture and you like it because if, if he didn't, then, you know, his morale would be even lower because... Yeah, yeah. Not only did someone not come in, but someone didn't even bother to like like his picture, you know. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the town kind of operated on this like you know way of um, keeping morale up and and supporting each other through kind of social media. It was quite interesting. But then it, it's that weird sort of it's a strange emptiness of yeah, I like that picture, but I'm not going to patronize your store. I'm not going to sort of yeah. come and sit down and give yeah. you money. It's like. In a way, in fact, I'll, I'll come clean. Like I feel kind of guilty with heckle stuff because I, I, I love. I'll, I'll just double tap every every picture you put up. I read the I read the comment. I think I've bought my partner has bought a few refills of the perfume. We have got the hand cream, which I, I absolutely adore it because um, I've got like rough sort of lumberjack hands somehow. <laughs> but I do a lot of like washing you play up. Play the piano with those hands, man. Look at that. Look at that reach. Fuck, it's ginormous. Yeah. Yeah, or the I, base. I think I can palm a basketball. That's <laughs> Do I know? Uh, I've got like real stubby hands. Nah, put your hand against mine. Look at that! Oh god, <laughs> you've got a whole you've got a whole finger section on top. Oh, I can, <laughs> I can grab your fingers. You've got a whole sec- whole joint on top of it. <laughs> all right, all right. New career coming <laughs> shortly. Any luck? Shadow puppetry. Oh, oh man, yeah. Or like Nosferati double. <laughs> yeah. All right, more on that soon. So yeah, um, don't get me wrong. There is so much that I want to buy, and I'm going to. But it's um, it, from what you're saying, it's like actually that's made me think about. I can like all the pictures I want, but like yeah, you, you sort of do have to actually show up and yeah. be a be a part of it. And yeah, and that's a big conflict. Yeah, you know, we have people working with us now who are much more kind of focused on you know the business side of it. I, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm barred from the shop because I give things away for free. You know, um, it's discount for you. You come in once or twice. <laughs> but I get it, and it's like, um, you know, and I'm talking about like obsessive nature of like social media and stuff. I guess that is really the kind of thing that I I focus on because without it, I don't feel kind of connected because I don't mm. feel connected to to making money. Mm. I can't. I don't like fist pump, you know, because we had a great month, you know, I, yeah. I, I fist pump because, you know, we got 1500 likes on a, on a video or something. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly yeah. fucked up. But no, be, I understand that completely. Yeah. But I also like from that point of view that, you know, you sat down and, and said that you read everything means much more to me than, than you, you know, buying our soap meticulously every month, <laughs> which is not really the way it should be, you know. When yeah, we've got twenty three employees, and I'm supposed to be making yeah. the wage packet every month. Yeah, know? no, I, I fully understand that. And it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing to say, actually. When I think about it, it's like, yeah, like you know, I'm I'm liking this stuff, but I'm not actually always buying it. But I know you're there, and when when the time comes, I am going to absolutely mm. buy it because I'm 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 with you on the on the message, and I think the, you know the, the philosophy behind it is just, it's beautiful. But yeah, it's um. It has to be more than just dum, dum. and I don't know. You know, that's that's the kind of bit, right? Um, that's the bit. Right? We're getting better at that. We now have like really, you know, accoladed people working for us, working with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Margate locals as well. You know, who come from yes. some pretty 
impressive kind of backgrounds, business backgrounds and stuff. And that's their focus and that's what they're really good at. And, um, and you can see that their expertise makes a difference, but it's just not me, you mm. know? So the fact that everything that we do and create exists in your mind means the world to me more <laughs> than you putting money in the till, you know? <laughs> Um, that's cool and, so, and, like, yeah. and it's also you know like i'll always i'll always kind of big up pagels too because if there's anyone who has any passing interest they tell me about the sea or like the ocean and like sort of eco awareness then i'll say yeah all right check out this instagram feed go to the shop come to margate we'll take you there and but then it's also like not only the products it's it's the behind the scenes like the you know the therapies and mm. the sort of everything that happens in um that's gone wild so yeah, like it's Heckel's house. Yeah. Right? So tell it's me a bit about that. It's just crazy. The idea was is that I wanted to do treatments here because of you know the um, the sea hospital. Like when I read up on oh, that, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, this is amazing, man. Tell um, me about. Can you tell me a bit about the sea hospital? So it's like one one of um, was it the first one ever made, or definitely you know one of you know three or four. There weren't many of them. Mm. And, um, you know, you've got like the kind of incredibly polluted, you know, city of London, yeah. uh, people suffering from all kinds of like lung conditions and, and God knows what else and mm. coming down to the coast. And some of these remedies would be nothing more than putting the bed on the veranda mm-hmm. and allowing these people to like breathe fresh air for like two weeks or something, mm. as well as kind of like seaweed therapies and, and other things as well. Um, weird things like, you know electrocuting people through salt water and um so i was quite fascinated by that because it was like well this is like exactly the same now right you know we're on kind of pollution level par with like mexico city and central london and all these people kind of moving to the coast and i was like well if you wanted to get people to come back to the coast then you know you could just uh, revisit all of those therapies and kind of turn that into like a business did you do you know if like is there um definite evidence that that those therapies worked is, is it questionable like, did, well, i was just sort of wondering if people <laughs> were like yeah i feel i feel great now. it's like, it's questionable right I, right there's a lot of them that were you know drinking salt water that definitely like has absolutely no, no benefit to your system whatsoever no, no, no. um a lot of them were experimental yeah yeah but even if so to be able to be prescribed that yeah. got you out of this environment that was like you know now i'm killing you for you know a certain period of time so yeah the idea of even trying it or like yeah. attempting to, to do like natural based remedies yeah. like that's yeah that's a really um, cool bold step there's good evidence that john merrick came here as well um which always interested in me john elephant man 2 elephant man goes on holiday i thought that could be a great movie <laughs> um but yeah it's kind of interesting so that i was always thinking about that rather than seaweed initially yeah yeah but the more i thought about it it was like well you, what's the point in you know opening some kind of beauty parlor if you're not making your own products because then you're just going to be bringing products in from london and yeah, yeah so yeah. i had to go the long you know obsessive long way round of <laughs> making products to get to treatment so when we finally we, we opened a small one in the back of the shop first to see what it was like and that was really popular i think that's where yeah, the first time i came in that's where that's where you were at with, yeah with that i think then yeah that was great people loved it had an mm. amazing sound system in there and nice. then um what would you what kind of stuff what what do you what do you play in there? Play a lot of Wolfgang Buttress's uh, one album, the B album. 
Okay. We did a lot of work with him um, last couple of years. Who is, uh, who is that? Is it, is it from Margate? Or? Uh, no, he's like a um, quite well-known artist. He created The Hive in Kew Gardens. Um, ah. He's got members of Spaceman Free in the band. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We made a couple of cents for them. And um, yeah, right. we use that a lot. Also experimenting with kind of doing stereo recordings, mm. um, how that might help create a different layer to the treatments. But that was so popular that, you know, we were starting to notice there were a lot more people moving. And then I got really nervous about um, about losing the shop uh, or the rent going up and not being able to afford it anymore. Yeah. So um, we managed to talk some good friends of ours, Chloe and David, into um, going in with us and buying the building. Um, so so once, you've done that now? You've... Yeah. So we split Brilliant. it 50-50. They're architects as well and, and lovely human beings. And, and they um, renovated upstairs. And we were all in agreement that there was no way on earth we were renting it as an Airbnb because we didn't really politically agree with that. Yeah, right on. <laughs> so Heckles moved in there. And it's the one thing that Heckles has done that it just took off. You Airbnb'd it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like we went in to try and take some pictures the other day and we couldn't get in there. It's just jam-packed. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, so and it's cool. like, you know, it's all started again. Like it's kind of Instagram links to you know, people we don't know, like lying in our bath upstairs and, <laughs> you know, kind of people just love it. And mm. and a lot of it's to do with, you know, the all the, the team that worked there and, and Georgia and Nadia and everyone. I mean, they're really extraordinary, calming human beings and incredibly mm. talented at what they do. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of, they've just created this, this environment, you know, and, and the ability to look out the window and sort of oh, wow. see the sea, it's... um. It, it, it's kind of everything that I wanted to do from the start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. so nice to see that it's just taken off. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing. Oh, congratulations! So oh, thanks, so man. nice. It's quite a circuitous route, like going from making the products and then sort of providing them in the same building upstairs. But so like you're you're selling the products down here, but then above you is like everyone's sort of actually using yeah. them, and you're in front of the place where it came from, essentially. Yeah. And the place where you're kind of influenced by, like that's it's, yeah. it's the perfect triangle harmony. Yeah, that's what, I mean, but that's kind of what the baby machine was supposed to do. You know, the baby machine would have been that entity, uh, not not like a paid for thing, but it would have been on the beach. And what was the, the bathing know. machine? Um, so we got this. Uh, have you not seen it? No, I haven't seen it. It's uh, is she, this was this on your Instagram feed that I yeah. came to? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you must have skipped that one. <laughs> she's uh, um, she's parked in the um, Margate um, Sailing Club. Oh wow! So yeah, part crowdfunded and then part kind of uh, investor uh, paid for this kind of traditional bathing machine, which is part of Margate's heritage. These kind of sheds on wheels that would get wheeled into the sea, so that um, and these hoods would come down and people could bathe in the nude because it was like a really big thing in Margate. It was, you mm. know, known for bathing in the nude. So down in the Lido, that would happen? Or? Yeah, actually part of the subterranean section of the Lido was where they would house some of them, yeah. Right, right. Um, but they were quite basic things, and then when that, people fell out of favour of that, that's kind of why we ended up with Beach House, because they took the wheels off and, yeah. and turned them into things. So okay. I, I kind of figured a good way to keep people on the beach during winter would be to have these saunas, you know. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So we we built one of those, and that was always meant to be before we even sort of turned the treatment room in the shop into a treatment space. The bathing machine was supposed to be that type of 
thing, but mm. it's proved incredibly problematic to get a license uh, from the council to put it on the beach. What kind of like what what kind of license do you need for that? Like, I don't know. I, I you know I mean they've always been really helpful to me, you know. But with this, I think it was just it just pushed the boat out a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Licenses must exist because it's where they come from. They weren't yeah. invented here, but the the modesty hood, the uh, or the courtesy hood that came down was invented in Margate and is is indigenous to Margate. Yeah. So somewhere in the archive there are sea bathing licenses. Yeah. Um, There'll be a lot of like put it out. And <sighs> yeah, but I guess they would always say that you know once you've done it once and everyone will want one. I was like, well, you know, maybe that's not the case with this, but. I don't know. It's taken forever and we're still, you know, fighting that one. So, you know, uh, hopefully that will come, come about and, uh, and we'll get it out there because of the one time we did have it out, um, at the wheels and fins festival was just one of the best weeks ever. So it's fully functional. Like oh it's... man, it was awesome. <laughs> I had to stay in it because, um, it didn't, it wasn't finished at the time and the, the locking panel didn't, it has like a drawbridge that kind of, shuts it all up it didn't work so yeah i had to spend the the week sleeping in it but i've had worse jobs <laughs> but it yeah. was just awesome man sounds like a sensory deprivation tank <laughs> like, kind of it thing. was just brilliant it was like it had always been there yeah. within like an hour of it arriving some lady had put a dick chair down and was resting her flask on the wheel and <laughs> the next couple of days there were kids in there you know like kind of whatsapping hey i'm in a sauna and then yeah a 90 year old woman asking me how to spell it you know and it's just brilliant man nice. that's you know that whole thing was meant to be on the beach yeah that's, that's yeah. the only the only fall down at the moment or the chink in heckle's rise is the bathing machine yeah. really everything else is is gravy but that's just the one thing <laughs> you know so you need you always need one this like one little thorn in your paw to keep you going. Like, yeah, so. and I think that was the first time we ever experienced any kind of negativity. You know, I think Facebook kind of um, like you know um, locally splintered into uh, Facebook groups, which mm. became these kind of conversation kind of ghettos in a way. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's quite negative. You know, I didn't really like that kind of evolution but within that you know we would get a lot of uh well not a lot of stick it was mainly two people that would give us um some stick about the bathing machine and everything and they, those people get nowhere time on here don't don't reference them <laughs> this is not but it was uh but that was you know that's it yeah it's just really the only kind of the the only really flaw really uh but we're we're not you know it's not dead yet mm. it's not dead yet no i want to see this happen yeah. it's like um so i was going to ask about like potential well, I mean, you've only just sort of almost like released the Heckles House, but like, what, sort of, you know, what's next? So, is that the next thing, or have you got, you know, further stores worldwide? Or I guess the, yeah, the I mean, Japanese we had, excursion is a big. We, thing. we had plans um, and planning approval to build a series of containers at Walpole, and we're still kind of battling for that. So that we wanted to turn that into a a kind of educational space, so the kids could come out and have a class on the beach and be right near the reef so they could like cross-reference stuff. Mm. But also a space where, you know, any local practitioner could rent and it become a kind of like a wellness hub. Yeah, yeah. Tied up in that is the bathing machine as well. So that's something that we're still sort of fighting for. Mm. We're looking at Folkestone, a way of kind of um, harvesting salt over there and turning them into treatments. Mm. Um, obviously Japan, 
we're looking at um, Formentera as well. Uh, mm. That could be quite quick. Yeah, and I'm kind of looking up and down the coast at kind of other towns that might benefit from, you know, a kind of really wholesome promotion of what's good about the natural core of that coastline. Yeah, yeah. Rather than kind of using more sort of traditional formats to kind of get people to the coast, like, you know, rides and... Ice creams and... and Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like, let's get people back out there, like, you know, like the bathing hospital did you know i feel like it's a it's a movable philosophy i keep saying philosophy you know you know what i'm trying to say it's like uh sort of the heckles um mission statement it's almost like people could franchise it or something it's like that that mindset of using the coast yeah. and giving we fact. thought about it we thought about it and i guess it kind of is franchised but in a kind of more wholesome way yeah 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 of course yeah. you know because you like turn up and we would only employ like locals we would teach them how to make everything mm. and then you know and we would find a good local photographer and some you know train up some local therapists and then we would walk away you know mm. um and that's you know what like i was saying about japan at the beginning it was like that's what i got really excited about it's like right stick georgia on a plane get her out of here for like a month we'll teach a lot of people how to do these therapies you know and mm. and we'll go on like that and it was like this is what we're supposed to be doing man because sometimes you can just become you know just too localized you know it was never meant to just (laughs) be this tiny shop in 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 margate it was it was meant to do a lot lot more i've only just really got my head around that in the last year or so you know well i guess you have to master the margate side first and then you sort of like all right that's that's good that's going well and then you can sort of while that's bubbling away you can then start to like take little nuggets and yeah. drop them elsewhere and and that's with you know credit to the to the team really of being able to give me the mental freedom to to do that you know are you a very hands-on boss or are you sort of do you, do you let them kind of crack on and do they come to you with suggestions or i think um what's your what's your operation i think like there's like if you're going to work with people then you kind of like you have to like take on board like i think what i really like is that you know like we were saying about um Laura, she's the only person in there who's worked in the skincare business. The rest of us, you know, are, are, are learning as we go, you know. Making up as you go along. Yeah, like Buckles who kind of, you know, runs, you know, all of the kind of manufacturing and kind of distribution. He was laying turf at Dreamland, you know, before it yeah. opened, you know. He's completely self-taught. I mean, I've helped and shown as much as possible, but now, you know, he's doing things that are way out of my kind of uh, comprehension. Um, so, so you're giving them the freedom to yeah, expand. I think that's yeah. the point, like because else people will become bored and 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 leave. I mean, he has aspirations of moving into a different department, and we're going to make that happen. But um, it's very much about finding good people and yeah. just letting them, you know, or guiding them towards that what they're naturally interested in. I don't think I'm. Am I? I, I obsess over communications i obsess over quality of product i obsess over you know how we deal with customers in that sense i probably am quite a hard boss have you have you had a lot of um prior to this like prior to hakels have you had experience with customers like in a behind the counter sense no how how do you find that like what's your approach to a customer well i think it comes from being a director like i have to talk to actors you know some of which are you know some of the most 
Uh, high maintenance? Wait, I, I don't know. High maintenance, I find that a bit harsh, but I think more like kind of incredibly insecure. I wasn't sure how harsh you, know? you were going to go, so I was... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I thought you was a nice bloke up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sort of like throwing a, a phrase at it. I, I think I, like I actors really, are just like, they're like, um, they're quite frail because, you know, they're really exposed, aren't they? Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean? They're kind There's of, a lot of vulnerability, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, that kind of translates to, you know, possibly being high maintenance because they look to a director to kind of help them through that and make them feel comfortable. I should about, go back on know. that because in, in a lot of interviews I've heard, I don't get a sense of high maintenance at all. I think that's just, <laughs> that's just some dumb throwaway thing. So please, please ignore that. It's awful. <laughs> so I guess it comes from that. And then I guess it comes from like dealing with an agency you know, yeah. um, dealing with the crew, you know, just making sure that everyone's happy from the runner right up to the producer. And, and like before getting heavily into commercials, you know, just making documentaries and just knowing that it's not about customers, it's just human beings, right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It means um, like I deal with all the customer queries and everything at the moment and I'm always really chuffed that when it says, you know, uh, best Dom. Nine mm. times out of ten, you get an email back going, "What am I talking to Dom?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. me. <laughs> How long that can we can maintain that for? I hope forever. But I really admire and that. Some series. of them will go on for like ten, twelve, fifteen emails, you know. <laughs> uh, and it's me on Instagram most of the time. Yeah, and uh, and Facebook. But yeah, I, I guess I just like people. So mm. that whoever joins us, it's it's really important that they that they just like people that, yeah. you know, you can be shy and timid and everything, but you've got to have an inherent like for people to be able to ensure that their well-being is, is of your utmost importance, really. Mm, yeah. But that does, I don't think that necessarily having retail experience could, you could think that, but still not really have that in your soul, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we give away so much um, products. You know, it's, it's just because it's people. You know, and, and I think also that there's still buried in us is like there was this tiny shop up on a cliff, like in the middle of nowhere, man. It's like mm. you know, we we need to be <laughs> on the ball, <laughs> and 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 not only that, like you know, we're representing Margate, and it mm. just comes back to that responsibility all the time as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like you're sort of yeah, like you have this quite. Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if you call it renegade, but it's sort of like a very uh, perhaps modern approach to business where it's sort of like you're, you're obviously money is an issue, but like that's not, that is by no means your primary goal. Like, it should be. And because, and the annoying thing is, is that, you know, there's so much, um, uh, not for profit, non-profit. That's kind of what heckles is, but it's a limited company. Mm. Every penny that we make goes right back into either employing someone else or a, an advancement in a product yeah. Uh, or changing packaging, you know, like it's really is, you know, no one's getting paid any dividends or anything like kind yeah, of that. Right, you know? right. so, yeah. so in that way, I don't know if if I would maybe set up um, the Japan one in a different way or really what's the significance of those titles anyway. I mean, they're just marketing in their own way, aren't they, I suppose? Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll keep it the same. But, but yeah, I don't know, you know, when you've sat in that shop for the first year, and no one walk past, let alone come in, you have a very different approach to, to business. You know, it doesn't matter who walks through the door, whether it's Larry the drunk from up the road or whatever, who just wants a couple of free incense cones, you treat everyone 
exactly the same. Yeah. And with the yeah. utmost respect. Yeah. Because they bothered to open the door. You know? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've pretty much always been like that as well. Like, you know, like I've, most of my retail experiences in record shops and like I started off being a bit scared of customers and then I got really, I, it was like a barrier where it's like, if I don't get used to this, I can't do this job. Yeah. So I just like, right, just get over yeah. it, go out there, just exposure every yeah. day. And that's yeah. massive, massive point. Like it definitely changed me from being, you know, near mute <laughs> to, to being like finding this other part of myself, which is much more like my mother who, if you drop mum, you know, threw her out of an airplane onto a deserted island, she'd yeah. find 10 friends within an hour. Yeah. That's, because that's a, she can chat to anyone. It's, you know? it's like my partner's mum is like that. Like, she's like, oh, hello, who are you? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I'd maybe be more into that now, but like a few years ago, but on that thought for me is horrifying. Like, I'd sort of be like, all right, um, <clears throat> do you like hip hop? <laughs> just, yeah. Just looking for like the most obvious connections. But like these days, it's, yeah. I you, didn't know I had it in me at all, you know. That's great, man. I don't think it was like, you know, people say, what do you do for a job? And I was like directing, you know, uh, a commercial. So I, uh, I'm, I'm a road sweeper and, and just not want to talk about it anymore because mm. everyone would be like, oh, you direct TV commercials. Oh, did you do the one with the white horses and the surfer? No, I didn't do that one. No, no. <laughs> Which one did you do? Oh, you probably haven't seen it. So I would never talk about it. But with Heckles, if I didn't talk about it, it wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I found myself like in this stage being the shop having to be the front man for a change, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I really started to enjoy it once I saw people coming back. And yeah, it's a big, big change around for me, for my personality. Yeah, awesome. And that just, yeah, learning on the job is huge, isn't it? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Dom. So I feel like we're uh, getting towards a wrapping up phase. <laughs> Can you hear my oh. stomach? Okay. Yeah, I, I hope they pick up from the microphone. It's like, is that a seagull? No, it's just Dom's belly. So, um, let me let me just hit you with a couple more. So, in a sentence or two, or however however long you feel comfortable, um, what does the ocean itself mean to you? In general, the sea, the ocean. It just took me a long time to realise that wherever I lived, like my happiest times were always right by it. And I'm I'm no surfer not a big swimmer but if i'm surprised yeah a lot of my friends are yeah uh, but i I would be on the beach every weekend you're more of an observer and appreciator yeah and like and and, you know like really reading up on it and you know like an appreciation of it as as much as space maybe for some people you know like a deep respect for it and Mm. and a respect for its power and and the respect for like what lives in it and i love being on it but i'm very seldom am I, am I actually in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, like I say, I kind of lived in lots of different places and it took me a long time to realise that I need to be near that in order mm. to be the best version of myself, which is calm, uh, relaxed and and just kind of engaged, really. Do you feel quite in tune with it? Yeah. I don't know on what level and I'm not really like kind of, you know, um, a fan of mysticism or that kind of stuff, mm. but there is a massive part of me that is deeply, deeply connected to that. Mm. And it, without that, as soon as you put me in a city, you know, like when we are in Osaka, as nice city as it was, it's like, fuck man, I just can't see enough of the sky and I can't see the sea and yeah. I just need to be at, and then it's completely different 
version of myself as soon as I'm on the coast. Yeah, I, I think I found that when I went to Japan, it was like, there's something a bit off here. I should be enjoying it immensely, yeah. but there's something that's lacking in my soul somewhere. It's, and, uh, and slowly, you know, I think I probably represent a large portion of the population who don't quite understand it. You know, a large section of the population that need to understand how important it is to our survival as as as, as the human race. Yeah. But even yeah. they deep-rootedly feel that because as soon as it's summer holidays, they're not going to go and, you know, spend two weeks in the city. They'll be on the beach, you know. Yeah. And that's because, you know, that's where we, we come from. We would, you know, hide in the woods during the winter and then as soon as the sun come out, we would run to the coast and eat fish and, and hang mm. out. And it's in all of us, man. It's true, yeah. You know? I haven't really thought of that. It's like a, the that feeling of escape. So yeah. It's almost like synonymous with the seaside. Yeah. And it's like the ultimate escape is like running to the edge of the country, yeah. to, to the to, beach. To focus and ground yourself. You know, and a lot to do with that sound, you know. It's never going to stop. Mm. You can't stop those waves lapping. No, know? no. I was thinking of that the other day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think I was thinking that exact thought. That sound is always going to happen and it, you can't turn it up or you can't turn it down. Yep. You can't stem it. Well, yep. you can, but that's, you know, no one's going to. But yep. yeah, it's like nothing you can do. This thing's always going to be doing and this. And it's a really good meditation against the kind of, you know, the hassles of life and, you know, and people passing death or whatever, you know, just that rhythm. For me, I, I need to get a little bit closer. Like, I wish. You're pretty close already. <laughs> but, like, if I put my foot out the door and I touch sand, then that, that's okay. really where I need to be. Yeah. You know what I'm realising now? Mm. We should have recorded this on the seafront. I thought about that. But it'd be hard to edit, you know, like all the boring shit I've said. It'd be hard to edit around that constant uh, wave crashing. But we would have been talking differently. It would have been really <laughs> mellow and it would have just been a nice... Oh, you've I mean, got me in a good spot, man. Yeah. This, was... is, this is very... Diff- You're the first person who's ever seen this. <laughs> you know? This is um, it's quite funny. Well, of course, yeah, of course, you're like, you should be in jet lag world, but yeah, I feel like I've caught you at the uh, sort of, you're, you're just opening your eyes to Margate again. You're not the, back in the hustle yeah, yet. Yeah, I think I kind of had a, like a lot of stuff to like finish from Japan. Like I had to do like some proposals and I had to like do some formulations for um, some products and things and I didn't want to do it in the office. It's a really mm. odd feeling like somehow if I was still at home, then I was kind of still there somehow. I don't know. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit weird. <laughs> yeah, well, like, the environment is important though. It's like you know, if you're at home, it's still yeah. It's like you're, you're just a bit more leisurely. Like yeah, I'll come back so I go and get a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Yeah, and which is just... most unlike me. Right. You know? So you've got me in a really relaxed state, which I think is a byproduct of the Japan thing. Okay. To be honest. All right. Um, well, I'll book in my t- next time. Next time we chat, I'll try and uh, <laughs> synchronize it with your diary and make sure I catch you on a good swing. Um, okay, a couple more real quick, and then uh, then we're going to dash out of here and uh, go for a little swim, swim, swim. So wh- where are we at with the sea right now? All right, let's focus on Margate. So, like, uh, what's the situation with the Margate coast? Are we in a good place with it? Are we in a sort of – is it in decline? How- we're in a far better place uh, than when um, we arrived. Like, the uh, profile of Walpole has been raised. Mm. Uh, managed to kind of uh, get that water quality back up by just raising awareness, not just us, but everyone, Walpole-based swimmers and um, the local community groups. Everyone played a part by um, doing beach cleans or, mm. or, or whatever. Um, so that's really, really positive. It got an award this oh. year, like a Coastal Award from Keep Britain Tidy. 
Do you do the, is, the coastline? Uh, it's a coastline clean reward scheme, right? So people pick up. Yeah, we, we we registered the beach for that uh, about four years ago, which is cool. So that means mm. we would organise a beach clean. Uh, everyone would have a piece of paper and they would document everything that they picked up. Oh, cool. That was ranging yeah. from you know different types of plastic to earbuds to sanitary towels or whatever, and then that would be fed into uh, a governmental uh-huh. system to be able to work out what types of debris is washing up on which beaches. So Walpole had never been on that. So that was a really big, big deal uh, oh, cool. and important. And, uh, you know, a big part of kind of being a beach warden is is the documenting of that and stuff as well. Um, so I, I feel like, yeah, like we've made a big dent in it here. Yeah. Um, Southern Water have pulled their socks up. Uh, people are just much more knowledgeable about, whilst there might be more picturesque beaches across the planet, this one's globally recognised in terms of like what's growing out there, and mm. it's, it's really fucking important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think we're doing pretty good. Like, and people are much more understanding about plastic. How that you know, every piece of that that you use is is still in existence. You know, from its yeah. you know, for since when it began in the forties, fifties, every single piece of that still exists. And, and it's so. like, it's one of those things where it's like you could call it a bandwagon, but it's like one of the greatest bandwagons you could you could have like the bandwagon of recognizing we are using too much plastic and it has to be sorted out somehow. Like mm. you have to have alternatives to it or just don't buy it. Like, don't yeah. participate in it. But like the, the, the off side of that is that actually plastic just, you know, really represents, you know, capitalism and consumerism. And it's like the exciting thing is like walking away from that is actually walking away from a much bigger problem, which is mass production mm. and mm. the, the obsession with like uh, profit and making as much as you can for as little money as possible. And like so expanding every year, like growing yeah, the profits every that's year. That's what's really exciting about um, people acknowledging the plastic problem. And that's a great thing for the, you know, like we were talking about the sound of the ocean and the kind of, as a meditation, it's like that ain't going to stop and we can all just kind of, you know, it's, it's teaching us to slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's, um, it's a bit crazy the way things have gotten and, uh, you know, people have sort of forgotten how powerful they are as individuals and where they spend their money and, you know, this thing that they, they work so hard for, you know, that that's a real power and you can, you can make a dent or uh, have a say in anything. You know, you mm. don't have to kind of accept this, you know, this total catastrophe of like mass production, you know? Yeah. And even like down to the beach cleaning, it's like me and my partner will like walk down. Every time we go to the beach now, we'll take a, a bag, admittedly it's a plastic bag. I mean, we're working on, you know, so we'll take a tote bag when we can. But like sometimes you need a big bag because, yeah, we're just going like we're addicted to uh, cleaning up the beach now. You sort of turn it into a game. What happened to me was that there, there was a point a long time ago where you start seeing rubbish on the beach it's like oh look at that rubbish and then suddenly you get this like light switch it's like wait a minute i don't have to wait for somebody to pick this shit up i can do it yeah i have two hands i've got a bag what the hell am i doing you just start like getting involved it's weird like yeah joe was um pregnant you know and i was like fucking hell man she's making a human being like what the fuck can i do right right, um, right, that's when i really started cleaning the the beaches she bought me a trolley actually for my birthday oh nice nice i have my brooms and my shovels in that and Literally, I would be walking along and people would be hooting their horns. Uh, people would be like, the woman would come out of the calf and be like clapping and they'd be like, mm. yeah, and there he goes again, the lunatic, look at him go, man, cleaning the beach. <laughs> and slowly over a period of time, I remember uh, Sammy Clark coming down one morning in the absolute pissing rain. Yeah. Just me and him, just picking up rubbish in the pissing rain. And yeah. I'd do it like 
two, maybe three times a week whilst yeah, Joe yeah. was pregnant. Right. And um, the impact of that was just monumental. It's good for your soul, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it was all about the trolley, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I need to bear that in if mind. If you had the, the visual, like with all, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so like you're a character. I didn't realise it at the time. I just needed yeah. a trolley so I could get like, you know, eight or nine bags in there. But the visual of it, you know, I, I didn't know it at the time, what I was doing, but I was like raising, you know, the understanding of the shop, you know? Yeah, good vibes all around, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dom, you have any final words before we... Uh... I was just really flattered, man. Like, thank you so much. Like, hmm. um, I like, like I said, like when we were chatting before, like I found myself obsessed with podcasts, and uh, yeah, man. and now now I've done one, and I'm like really flattered. So, so um, tell me, this isn't the first one you've done? Yeah, it is. This is yeah. the first podcast you've done, yeah, man. Yeah, dude, yeah. you killed it. <laughs> you, you recycled it and turned it into. And now we're going to employ you. <laughs> Yay! I just got me a new job, people. Um, no, thank you. No, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and your time in the. Uh, Heckles sub shed, yeah, s- uh, sub premises, the garden, the garden office, yeah, yeah. You've kind of uh, cemented it really in in the history of the company, man. Let's turn this into a studio, Dom. It could uh, work really well. Plans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do every single one in here from now on. Yeah, do it, do it, do, cool. do it. There is a massive spider living in here. That's the only thing I worry about. Ah, it's getting spiders. Boris the spider. Somewhere. Boris is welcome. <laughs> we, we welcome all. Um, contact information. Where so you're saying about Instagram is uh, well, we understand the conflicts with Instagram, but where would be the place to keep in touch with every update movement? No. I think Instagram, but then there's also the newsletter, which is really cool. And then that so that goes out every Sunday night. The the journal, and there's usually some really really you know good good juicy ocean bits or kind of conservation or anything really mm. um but that really represents you know where how it was started in the first place so it's been really nice to get back to doing that yeah perfect yeah. well a perfect place to end it thank you dom Thanks, um buddy. let's hope we hear more from you soon in audio form we will see more of you in physical form in heckles and uh thank you so much enjoy cool. your day. cheers buddy. thank all you right, nice. all the best Okay, that was uh, that was Dom from Heckles. Cheers, Dom. Uh, I, I really hope you liked that conversation. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, uh, yeah, it's just a, a nice mellow morning. And um, I mean, it was just, I think it was just cool hearing about, you know, like hearing about the, the team. Like, obviously, he's very proud of the team there. And, it, and I'm sure Dom will be the first to tell you that heckles isn't just him you know i I keep i keep using his name but he would be quick to point out that you know it's it's a very much a team operation and and yeah since we recorded i've met a lot of the team and they're amazing like they're they're truly like just really lovely people and genuinely just nice (laughs) straight up nice and um you know to have a team like that behind the business is a, a really a really great thing and it just seems to be a nice morale in the, in the team there. Also, like, uh, I'm a fiend for, like, just hearing about family stuff, you know. Like, when you hear about, you know, you see people around and and you, you maybe don't know so much about the history. But then, you know, when you start getting into what makes us who we are and 
where we come from and where, where we grew up and how we grew up and you know parenting styles and things like that I'm a sucker for that so yeah it was it was great to go into that a bit as well because I feel like this all just sort of forms a picture and it's um it's just nice hearing the story of where somebody comes from like the environment in, in which they grew up and perhaps how it relates to how they are now things like that I think it's it's something to do with like finding patterns you know like I'm I'm really into finding patterns in people's lives and stories and whether you know this thing links to that later on or like if your mum and dad or you know if your your parents in whatever form they come in um put you on this path or whether you found your path yourself or what you know whatever it's it's I just that's I love it I can't get enough of it so yeah that, that was a real treat to to listen in on and yeah I hope, I hope you got a kick out of it it'd be really cool if um if you haven't been to Haeckel's then it's certainly worth the visit and uh, a nice a nice chunk of your time um and, and attention it's uh, location wise it's up on Cliff Terrace you probably know like Fultz Cafe that was mentioned uh you you probably know Roost up there um the previous premises of uh, Radio Margate um yeah, so yeah, it's up on there near the Lido. The pointy thing with the orange bulb on top. <laughs> Best way to describe it. Social media wise, I mean, as as Dom hinted at, the future of the Instagram page, uh, I don't know if it's up in the air or if it's sort of in a transitional stage, but you can you can still catch it, and uh, it's a it's a great follow, and I would I would heartily recommend it. As I you know, I keep banging on about it, and. Um, it's a really nice follow it's very educational there's a lot of science and wisdom i was going to say ocean wisdom but ocean wisdom's a, a uk rapper he's very good but he, he's uh, he has nothing to do with this at the moment i'm afraid yeah so yeah there's a lot going on there it's at uh, so instagram go on there search for Hakels, which is uh, at h-a-e-c-k-e-l-s otherwise you can catch him on twitter which is slightly less visual medium, but a medium for communication nonetheless, which is Hakels, H-A-E-C-K-E-L-S, underscore. That is a very important underscore. So do add that at the end of your search, please. You can uh, check them out online on the website, which is hakels.co.uk. From there, you can visit the online shop as well. You can book a treatment, you can get a gift card, you can you know, sign up to the mailing list, all of that good stuff. And um, yeah, as he said on the chat, the mailing list is a good, is a good call because yeah, you'll, you'll get a regular like, information shot which will keep you up to speed on, on all things Hakels. So I guess in closing, I was going to talk about the things I noticed in this chat in me because... I'm still getting used to like actually hosting a, a podcast. Like I've been listening to podcasts since like the mid aughts, I guess you call them, and producing them for like five years or something like that, or I don't know, maybe longer. Like, I've been making music for a bit, but you know, it, in all of that time, like those, those hours, thousands of hours spent listening, it doesn't necessarily make you able to host a podcast and. I never thought that I'd be able to just from listening to them and I knew it was going to be a bit of a steep learning curve and I'm I'm fully ready to learn and, and get better but I don't know I, I mean I don't want to make this too much about me and yeah, this is why I'm, I'm whacking it at the end I guess this is a bit of a freestyle ramble and um, you know you, you came for the chat you didn't come to listen to me like get all introspective but I'm just saying there are there are things that I noticed in it because I'm editing and producing these and it's uh 
that's cool in a way but then I'm also noticing all the things that perhaps grind my gears with some <laughs> some podcasts I listen to so in this one for instance let's go through it um I think the main one is that I felt like I was driving myself crazy by the amount of times I said like which is the kind of thing where if you start noticing it as you're talking you can't you almost just can't talk anymore because all you hear is like 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 so full disclosure I I cut out a few of those but yeah I mean there's other stuff but I don't want to get into it I mean it you know I just I hope you I hope you enjoy it in the spirit it's presented. You know I'm I'm really curious about people. I, I really want to know about journeys and how people got to where they are. And um, I am fully ready to learn and get better. And yeah, I, I just want you to know that I'm sort of like with every, with every podcast, I'm just you know just trying to trying to sharpen it up and uh, yeah Im- improve. I guess you say so. Thank you so much for joining me on the first one. Uh, it means a lot. And the next one, uh, well, guest to be revealed. So I'm going to leave it at that for now. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. So I'm on at buddy underscore peace. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Same number, same hood. Uh, at buddy underscore peace. You can also... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a music maker, I'm a DJ, so if you want to have a listen to some of my music bits, uh, I'm on uh, buddypiece.bandcamp.com. There's a lot of free bits up there, some some paid for bits, um, have, have a little listen, have a stream. And um, yeah, website, buddypiece.com, uh, be good to see you on there. The episode 2 will be next Friday. Really looking forward to having you aboard again. As I said at the start, we did it, you did it. First episode, the debut premiere. All right, the tide is steadily coming in. I think that's a suitable amount of rambling for now. Thank you for listening. Uh, big love. Give me a shout, whatever form you like. Be it in the street. If you see me, I'm uh, often roaming the streets of Margate, perhaps down at the beach, perhaps in any given coffee shop you care to mention. This is Buddy Peace signing off. Catch you next time. All right. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.